Okay, Mel, are you there? Yep. All right, we'll go ahead and get started. Okay. This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge Number 2, and I'm here speaking on the level with Mel Jacoby. Mel, I usually ask people to start out by giving me your full name, the name of your home Blue Lodge, and any offices or titles you might have connected to that Blue Lodge. Okay. Uh, my name is Melvin R. Jacoby, Jr. I belong to Lancaster Lodge Number 43. That's in Pennsylvania. And let's see here. What else did you want? Any? You have any offices or titles connected to that lodge? No, I've been away in Florida so many years that I just don't have that in my memory bank. <laughs> okay. Are you participating in a lodge in Florida at all? No, I haven't gotten started. Basically, Bo, because I'm losing my eyesight. I have a glaucoma and I can't drive anymore and I'd have to get my wife to take me to a lodge. They're not right next door. <laughs> it takes right. a few miles. Then she'd have to come and pick me up, and it would be dark, and I don't want to have her in that position. So yeah. I just uh, don't go. Oh, that's sad. So how long have you been? Do you, when were you raised, and where, and how long have you been a Mason? Okay, I've been a Mason. This will be 53 years this year. Wow. So you've already got your 50-year pin. Yes. And were you raised in the Lancaster Lodge? Oh, yes. That's, that's been my home lodge, and they raised me there. I was there to receive my 50-year award. Nice. Oh, you're breaking up, Bo. I'm sorry. I said you were breaking up. Your do, you remember, do you remember what year it was you were raised? Yes, I do. It was, you'd have to backtrack from hell for 53 years. I think it was 60, oh, 66, maybe somewhere around there. I do remember I was uh, very uh, nervous because I didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, it ended up being a beautiful journey. What was it at the time uh, that was, uh, why did you join when you became a Mason? What was it that was attracting you to Masonry? Well, a lot of my friends were in the organization. And at that time, a Mason couldn't ask someone else to be a Mason. You had to ask a Mason, tell them you'd like to become one, and then they would take it from there. So... I got wind of this somehow, and the one guy I worked with, I told it to him, and he got me started. <laughs> That's how it evolved. Did you? Uh, how how old were you at that time? How old? I would have been thirty, you know, thirty-five, somewhere in there. It depends on the exact year I was raised. But in your mid-thirties. Yeah. What was it, uh, how come you had not sought it out earlier? Had you heard of masonry when you were younger, or had you just heard of it then? Well, I heard of it when I was younger, but for some reason or other, it didn't attract my attention till I got older and started reading things about what they do, what they do for for the society as far as wonderful things of helping people and helping their own brothers. 
and that kind of drew my attention to it. Plus, though, I didn't have money then to be able to pay the dues and the initiation fees, but it worked out later I could do it. Right. That's usually what happens. Yeah. What were some of the things that you were involved in when you were active back in Lancaster? Were you involved in any charity or organizations or clubs or anything? Well, excuse me. Yes. Um, I didn't go through the chairs in the Blue Lodge. I had started. I was a guide. I don't know if you have them in your lodge or not, probably. And uh, I went through it for a brief period of time, and I had to give it up due to the necessity of needing to work a part-time job in the evening. I, I had to. I needed the income. And uh, let's see. What else would I going to say? See, you get my age, you lose your track. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else what did you, what did you do? The, what did you guys do in Lancaster oh. for charity or fundraisers? Anything that you were okay. involved in? No, but I went and took a branch of the Masons called the Tall Cedars. Have you heard tall of Cedars? Them? Yeah, Tall Cedars of yeah. Lebanon? Yes. They're they're like a fun group from the uh, Blue Lodge. It's an offshoot. Okay. Just like Shriners. You know who they are. Yes, I do. Yes. Shriners okay, well, Tall Cedars attracted my attention because we met in the same hall, lodge hall, where my Blue Lodge met. And I got into that and... We had a lot of fun, but we were raising money to fight muscular dystrophy. And every year when they had the Jerry Lewis MD show, we had set up phones in the Coca-Cola building. They gave us permission to do that, and we'd solicit people by phone. And any way we could talk to anybody to solicit money to go into the MD fight. And uh, it was very uh, satisfactory project to be involved in. Oh, wow. Now, did you do any... Oh. Go ahead. Also, I went through the chairs in that law, in Tall Cedars, and I was the Grand Tall Cedar in 1981. That means that would be like the master in your Blue Lodge. Oh, wow, okay. But it was a shorter period of time to get through the chairs. It only took you... Went through three years to get there, and he served a year. And you were the Grand Tall Cedar. Yes, Grand Tall Cedar. Is that what did all the Tall Cedars work to raise money for muscular dystrophy, or did you guys decide your own charity? No, that was the the uh, goal of the Tall Cedar organization in, in its entirety. Oh. You know, there there were Tall Cedar forests all over Pennsylvania, and there was some down as far south as Florida, I think. And I demitted when we moved to Florida because I didn't think I could get involved with any. There weren't any close enough. And uh, they had wanted me to try to get a forest organized and started. So at that time, I had too many things to take care of in Florida, and I couldn't do it. So... They're a good organization. They raised a lot of money for a muscular dystrophy fund. Mm. I wonder if they're still around. Oh, in Lancaster they are, yeah. I know yeah. that. Right. Yeah, they have every year they have a convention and they elect a, a guy that's going through the chair as he becomes the supreme 
Supreme Tall Cedar of the United States or something like that. I can't remember his exact title, but it would be like your Grand Master. Right. So are you visiting, are you going back to your home Blue Lodge while you're in Pennsylvania? Oh, it's possible. If if I'm here when they have a meeting, we meet the second Wednesday of the month, and I don't know how it's going to work out because I have a brother here that health is very poor at the moment, and i got to see him, spend time with him. And there are some other people we have to see. My wife's mother is in Masonic Village. We have a a Masonic Village here. Oh, wow. Where they have housing, apartments, medical services. She's in the dementia unit. Through my association, we got her in there. Wow. Uh, I've got so many things to do, I don't know if I can squeeze a Blue Lodge (laughs) meeting in. (laughs) So when when you were active, did you do any any traveling to other lodges or states or anything when you were in Masonry, when you were active? Yeah, when when I was in the Tall Cedars especially, I went to, I had gone to Maryland, and I had been several places in Pennsylvania, and uh, we didn't venture too much farther away than Maryland. We went to Prince George's Forest, and they had a nice big forest there, too. And it's just a great way to make friends and have a brotherhood. Can you remember any any uh, stories of fun stories or interesting times or anything you'd like to share? Oh. Uh... The only place they really had fun stories is Blue Lodge is pretty much cut and dried as strictly business. Was in the Tall Cedars, and we have our initiation. We did things like get some guy that primps his hair a lot, and you'd have a bunch of hair in your hand and a pair of scissors, and you'd start cutting away, and then you'd throw the hair in front of him. They thought you were cutting off his pretty locks of hair. We just did stuff like that to initiate them. And there was always fun stuff in that. But at Blue Lodge, no, I never got involved in anything with Blue Lodge that was uh, very humorous. We'd have conversations at the meetings and at the the lunch or the meal before the meeting. You'd get talking, you'd have some jokes or laughs, but uh, basically... I wasn't involved in any of their fundraising activities at that time. Are there any uh, brothers that you can think of, either you know in Blue Lodge or in Tall Cedars, that you want to talk about that maybe made a big difference to you in uh, your life or in your Masonic journey? Um, yes. He was uh, Lancaster City's fire chief, Edward Dietrich. He worked part-time in the camera shop, co-camera shop, and I worked there full-time. And he's the guy that really stirred my interest up to go into Blue Lodge. And he followed me through my initiation and my step up in each degree. And he was very instrumental in me getting through it and making out of it what it's supposed to be. The man is deceased, God rest his soul. Uh, That's pretty much the only person I can pinpoint. Well, uh, my boss, George Coe, he was a Mason. He was uh, 
he had to belong in New Jersey because and this is hard to say. He had a thumb missing, and you had to have all your members, all your fingers and toes, and you had to be perfect at that time to be a Mason in Pennsylvania. So he became known as, and I hate to say it, Pennsylvania misfit because he didn't have one finger. He had a finger missing. Well, that's why they started the Odd Fellows back in the in the day, right? For for guys who were missing limbs or appendages. Yeah, yeah, and. He eventually he became the mayor of Lancaster and he promoted me to the manager of his camera shop. Oh wow. And I stayed in the camera shop for about ten years and I moved on because I was losing my interest in retail sales. And eventually I ended up working in T V at WGAL in Lancaster where you were. Right. I was I was a news reporter photographer there. I didn't know you were a, a news reporter and photographer. Yeah, yeah. How long did you do that? I was, well, at first I was just, I was on their staff as a photographer. And when they didn't have something there for me to do, I got stuck in on-air project, the on-air room where they had the projectors. And I don't know what they have when you worked there, but we had films to set up and tape machines and for the breaks in, in between the half hour and the hour or the quarter hour, whatever it was. And that job was a job, frankly, I didn't like. <laughs> but but eventually the photography end got very busy. I started shooting commercials, um, public events. We did documentaries. And one day, my boss, who was Nelson Sears, I don't know if oh, he was Nelson. there where you were. I knew Nelson, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was my main boss. And then there was John McElarney. Was he there? I don't remember. He was the news director. Okay. And Nelson came to me one, called me in his office one day and said, Mel, how would you like to be a news reporter? I said, oh, my God, I never had that in my mind because <laughs> my, goal, my goal was to be a tool and die maker. I didn't have anything going as far as photography, except I'd take pictures every now and then. I said, well, that'd be a wonderful opportunity for me. He said, Okay, we're going to get you started. So he and John McElarney, who was the news director under Nelson, they took me one day to Harrisburg. And we rode around the city. We got a newspaper, excuse me, and we checked out stories that were going on around the area. And they said, there's where you can get some leads. And from there, you make a contact, talk to somebody, get the story, bring it back, and we put it on the air. So that's how I started. And they were very happy with me. Uh, they liked me because they said I was a good public relations person. I had a, according to them, I had a good personality. And everybody I became involved with, especially in Harrisburg, liked me and got lots of nice letters about what I did in my job there with them. Oh, wow. That's all stuff I didn't know about you. Yeah, and then, did you ever run into anybody else at uh, anybody else in TV that was a Mason ever? I don't recall any. No, okay. I do not recall any. I I had a ring, but it, uh, just a Masonic ring, nothing special, and right. uh, no, I didn't. 
uh, I'd see guys that wore a lapel pin, and but I'm there interviewing them, and you know they're high government officials and business owners, and I just didn't want to start by saying, "I see you're a brother Mason," but I guess I should have. But I wasn't quite that forward. It took me a while <laughs> to get into the groove to be a news reporter, right. and it went it went very well, and uh, eventually I got out of Channel 8 and went to Harrisburg, worked for the city in the police department as a forensic photographer. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. And that went, that went for three years. I was a federally funded position to, so they could put the officer out on the street that was doing the photography and the darkroom work and that kind of stuff. So they had me there. Federal government was paying the bill for my salary, and one day a mayor comes to me and says, "Mel, he says, sorry to say this to you, but the feds aren't going to pay this anymore, and the city can't afford to keep you on the payroll." So he said, "I'm giving you an opportunity to look for another job in the meantime before we have to let you go." Well, I was shocked because I thought, "Well, I'll just stay here the rest of the time." If I had three years in toward ten years, I could have retired from the city. And I said, okay. I said, that's the way it has to be. So guess what? I went back in television <laughs> in, in Harrisburg, TV 27. <laughs> oh, so you went to a different station. Oh. Yeah. 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 I was there for eight, oh, well over eight years. <clears throat> that's kind of the crux of my background as far as what I did as an employment or a professional if you want to call it and i enjoyed every minute of that but i really really enjoyed my association with masons they're gentlemen they're they're not out to to get stuff for themselves and the heck with you they they help their brothers that are in distress and uh, i just think it's a great organization it's too bad that this country isn't getting more into the to the organization. Well, I think today we're seeing a little bit of a resurgence. We've got some younger, I mean, we've got guys in their 20s in our lodge, and it's, we're definitely seeing more and more uh, people coming in today. So maybe maybe that's mm-hmm. changing because I think there's an, people are looking for a way to connect in our busy, busy world. Things move so yeah. fast. Yeah, they need yeah that's connect. it. Young people have so many things to do, and if they get married young and have children, well, right away, that puts a, a binder on them that they aren't free to just go to meetings and yeah. spend their money for dues. You know, after all, you got to pay dues. Right. Except when you get to be a 50-year member, you don't pay dues anymore. <laughs> and they give you a senior <laughs> life, right? Yeah, right. That's nice. So, all right, well, any, any closing thoughts? Anything else you can think of that you want to say, Mel? Well, no, except I enjoy my conversation with you today. I enjoy with you on Facebook. I never met you in person, but you're a Mason. We met at the dinner. I remember meeting you at the dinner, the WGAL dinner one time. Um, Oh. I forget what the, the dinner was. There was some kind of event where we had a dinner at the station. Oh, Not the station yeah. at the hotel. It was at the hotel. It was I forget what hotel it was in town. A holiday yeah. party or something. I can't remember what it was. 
Yeah, I think it was a holiday party. Yeah. yeah. So see, I just had a senior moment. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so well, that's pretty much it. Thank thank you for allowing me to interview you today. I appreciate well, your time. You're welcome, Bo. And, and gonna, I appreciate... I'm going to stop the recording, but then I'm going to flip back over here real quick and say goodbye. Okay. I'll be right back. All right, Bo.